Welcome to Season 2 of Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help Deer Creek Church think and act faithfully in a changing world. Hello, Deer Creek Church. This is Daniel. Thanks again for joining us on a new season of Simply Disciples. We have taken a winter's hiatus, and we're excited to get back. Last time we talked, we finished our discussion talking about creation and explored how God created the world, how he created humanity, how God interacts with the world today as well. And the driving point we made is that God created the world good. In fact, after God created everything, he looked at all that he created and said it was very good. That's not exactly how we experience the world today. It's hard to read the news or watch interactions on social media and conclude, it is very good. So as we kick off this semester day, we're asking the question, what's wrong with the world? Some of you are familiar with the name G.K. Chesterton. He was a author in the 19th and 20th century. And G.K. Chesterton was responding to a Times prompt. Times is a newspaper in London, And the prompt was asking readers to write their opinion on the question, what's wrong with the world? And of course, many people wrote in and provided their answers to the question. Some people said the problem with the world is lack of education. If people had more education, there would be more economic mobility, less poverty. There'd be less violence and crime, education, or lack thereof, what was was wrong with the world. Others disagreed. They said that what was wrong with the world was poverty. Poverty makes... Uh, access to basic resources like food, housing, and clothing difficult, if not impossible. Poverty forces people into government and social welfare. Poverty limits access to key resources necessary to thrive in the modern world. Others chimed in saying, no, the problem's war. Others believed it was disease. Many people said pollution was the most pressing problem of the time. Today, if we were to have a similar prompt, we might answer by saying climate change or racial injustice religious extremism, political correctness, hypocrisy. And if we're honest, these are all clearly problems with the world. G.K. Chesterton responded in a way that nobody expected, though. To the question, what is wrong with the world, he wrote, Dear Sirs, I am. Sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. Simple but profound answer. Chesterton realized, as the Bible does, that humanity, humankind, you and me, we are the problem with the world. As we look at scripture, do you agree, guys? Does the Bible say that humankind is the problem with the world? Tim, why don't we start with you? Tim, you're joining us. You're our executive pastor here at Deer Creek. Yeah, what a cheery start. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, yes, uh, humankind (laughs) is the source of all the world's problems. We we see this in Genesis right from the beginning. You know, in, Mm -hmm. in Genesis 131, we see God says, it is good. This creation that he's created, it's good, it's good, it's good. And we see that God has blessed creation abundantly. We see this in Genesis 1, 22 and 28, and in Genesis 2, 3. Mm-hmm. And God gave Adam and Eve the responsibility of ruling over this good and blessed creation. He gave them dominion over the creatures to protect the goodness of creation and steward these blessings under God. Mm-hmm. But you see, they failed in that responsibility. They disobeyed yep. God. They sinned against God. And now creation is no longer under God's blessing, unfortunately. 
it now sits under God's curse. And when, once you get to chapter 3 of Genesis is where you start to see that unfold. Um, Genesis three fourteen and 17. So because of Adam and Eve's sin, the world is no longer very good. It is good, but it's also cursed. It's corrupted, distorted, and in many ways cursed by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see how quickly uh, creation deteriorates because of Adam and Eve's sin. So after they sin, Genesis mm-hmm. 3, whole creation is collapsing, right? And, uh, and just look at the way sin spirals really out of control after Genesis 3. In Genesis 4, we have the first murder of Cain killing Abel. And then uh, and then Genesis 4 also instances of rampant injustice committed by a man named Lamech. And then Genesis 5 is a genealogy of sorts, but this time the refrain over and over is, and he died, and yeah. he died. So a genealogy see, of death. A genealogy. It's yeah. not a genealogy. I don't know what that is. It's yeah. A, yeah. It's something. It's a okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not it's good. It's not good is what it is. And then, yeah, and then Genesis 6, uh, the spiral of sin continues that uh, the corruption was so bad, Genesis 6, 5 tells us uh, that every intention of the thoughts of the heart of mankind was only evil all the time. Yeah. And so God's solution, his judgment, is to bring uh, judgment on creation. And in Genesis 6, 7, we see the words uh, that God will blot out mankind from uh, the earth. Yeah, so if you're tracking Genesis, three big movements, right? Creation, very good, blessing, life, flourishing. Then second movement, fall, because of Adam and Eve's sin, corrupted, cursed, subject to death, futility. And then you see the spiral, creation descending into darkness and death. Is that right? That's right. In fact, even at the beginning of the flood, you see what God is doing. He's basically collapsing creation back into the time just before mm-hmm. he created day one. So you see this positive movement of creation, and then he's, in a sense, decreating or moving back to the beginning of creation. Um, water in Jewish culture was symbolic of chaos, formless nothingness, was void. And now after the fall, the spiral of sin and death... God is once again bringing the waters of the deep to cover over creation. So in the flood, God is decreating earth. In the flood, God is allowing the spiral of death and sin to be consumed by the chaos of water. He's punishing the world by collapsing creation back into the void you saw before day one of creation. Okay, Very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's actually really helpful. But just back up here a moment, and I, I want to ask a question because I think it's important. How can one sin, right? It's the sin of one couple, Adam and Eve. How can that one sin have such a devastating influence on the world? Or maybe maybe start with this question. Where does the Bible even say that explicitly? Because what we're saying is because of Adam and Eve's sin, the world is the way that it is, and we're all corrupted as a result yeah. as well. Where does the Bible actually say that? Does it say it explicitly? Indeed, it does. Okay. All right. Well, tell us where. Let me jump into Romans uh, chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, namely Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So we see Adam as the representation, the representative of humanity. He's the first human. And you could say, as he goes, so goes all of humanity. Uh, An image that might be helpful here is Adam is 
the headwater of humanity. Think of if the headwater, the beginning of the water, right, is if it's poisoned, everything downstream is poisoned as well. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a good image. Yeah, uh, the Puritans used to have a, a saying that in Adam's fall, we sinned all. And that's what Romans 5.12 is, is saying exactly. Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. So yeah, when Adam fell, he was the representative, he's the headwater, poison, corruption, sin enters through him, and now everything that flows out of that is corrupted. Yeah, and, and we can think of that in terms of humanity, but unfortunately, it's broader mm-hmm. than that. It's, it's not just an effect on humanity. Creation, too, has been affected. We, we see this again in Romans. Um, Romans 8.20, creation was subject to futility. And futility mm-hmm. means creation is dying. It's plants die, animals die, planets actually even mm-hmm. die, stars burn out. And in Romans 8.22, we see the whole of creation has been groaning. So Adam's fall didn't just affect humanity, it didn't just affect us, it actually plunged all of creation into futility, pain, and suffering, and death. So just as Daniel said, in, in Adam's fall, we sinned all, and creation was affected by that sin too. Think about how different that is too from... Other answers people gave in the Times question. Chesterton said, I am, meaning he realized the problem is me, just like Paul said, just like Genesis says, the problem is I have sin in me, and that flows out to touch all of creation, just like it did with Adam. Adam's the primary culprit, but we uh, participate in that sin as well. So think to today, how's that different from some of the other answers people might say to this question, what's wrong with the world? What would people say today? I would say, uh, I'd jump in, think about education. We all want a great education, and an education, you know, an education, educated population is, uh, is the answer. And yes, creation can solve a lot of problems. Science can solve many problems. Technology uh, can overcome serious problems. But underneath all of these good things that education gives is the assumption that is what's really wrong with the world is that we're just ignorant uh, we just don't know enough. If we knew more, uh, we would solve the world's problems. Uh, if we just applied our knowledge to situations, we could heal the world. But does not it doesn't matter how much we progress in our knowledge, we are all still subject to death. And, and the reality is science and technology uh, just cannot defeat death, no matter how much we advance intellectually or seek to apply that knowledge. Absolutely. You know, I've I've been to a lot of school, but my problems don't go away because yeah. of it. I, I don't know <laughs> if you right. guys have noticed right. that. <laughs> well, also, if you take uh, maybe that list that was mentioned earlier, the, the racial injustice, religious extremism, political suppression, or hate speech, and all of these, if you look at them, what's the root of all of these problems? <laughs> these problems are not things that are in the world that exist outside of humanity. These are things that actually come from within us. Mm-hmm. Uh, humans create racial injustice. Humans create religious violence. Humans insist on the suppression of the political opinions of others. Humans create hateful speech. You've never heard of a tree being accused of hate speech. Yeah. Never yeah. heard of that. Because it's, it's the mm-hmm. problem. Maybe in Dr. Us. Seuss, potentially. Possibly but... Dr. Seuss could come up with that. He, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but all of these are problems at, at root. They're human problems. Humans commit them. Yeah. Um, th- these are problems with us, not not problems that come from the creation. It, it's a problem inside. It's not a problem outside of us. Yeah, and piggybacking on that, because that's interesting. When we say all of those problems that you just mentioned, you know, racial injustice, hate speech, et cetera, think about what we're actually saying now. What, what we're actually saying if you were to ask me, what's wrong with the world? And I said, racial injustice. What, what I'm actually saying is, you know what the problem is? The problem with the world are those people out there who commit racial injustice. Because I never put myself in that mm-hmm. category, right? Right. I'm never like, oh yeah, you know what? The problem with the world is I'm a racist. The problem with the world is that I actually want to suppress the opinions of others. The problem with the world is that I commit hate speech. It's always those people out there. In other words, we're not the problem. It's the problem over there. They're the real problem. And if we just got rid of those people, then we'd be okay. And to that person, I'd ask, yeah, have you never thought poorly of a person or of another race? Have you never wanted to commit violence on a person with whom you disagree? Have you never said hateful things to another person? Have you never canceled a person or deleted a person on your social media or silenced a person you disagree with politically? You see, all of the answers to those questions, what's wrong with the world, assumes Everyone else is the problem, not me. Yeah, and they all think that you're the problem, and they all think that I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I think it's always helpful when we have Jesus speaking directly to <laughs> yeah. these yep. matters, that, and that so helps. Uh, what we're talking about—it's radically different from what Jesus said. Think about um, in Mark chapter seven, I'm starting in verse fourteen. Uh, Jesus called the people to him and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, speaking of food there, but the things that Mm -hmm. come out of a person are what defile him. And he goes on in verse 21, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from from within, and they defile a person. So that's a fairly exhaustive uh, list there, is it not? And so again, um, it's not about anything or anyone out there. The problem is in here, it is within our own hearts. Every human being is what's wrong with the world. We defile the world. We are the problem. I am the problem. My sin is what has brought injustice and evil and oppression into the world. And I continue to bring it in every day. Yeah. That's kind of sad, but true. Yeah. Yeah. I know that to be true of you, Chad. And if we <laughs> yeah. had to summarize, so yeah, we to agree summarize, that you're the problem. We agree. We agree. <laughs> Human sin's what's wrong with the world. <laughs> Human sin introduced by Adam, transferred to us, is the reason the world's filled with every problem today. Sin's the reason for death, evil, violence, and all the rest. And let me segue with that then to lead into our last question. Then what's the solution? Yeah, it's a it's a great question because this would be a pretty uh pretty depressing podcast yeah, if we just yep. if we just left it yep. there. Right. If there was no hope. And and actually the answer, believe it or not, is is all the way back in Genesis. In Genesis 3.15, there's this great promise that God gives to Adam and Eve um, in the midst of this curse, mm-hmm. um, that there is an, an, that an offspring, a seed of Adam and Eve, a, a descendant of Adam and Eve that would come, who would battle Satan and crush the serpent's head. 
and would make all things right. Is someone would come from the outside mm. to fix what was wrong on the inside. Yeah, that's good. Um, and we have a better Adam. He will be a better representative, is a better representative of humanity, and he restores what Adam and Eve lost in their fall into sin, and that descendant is Jesus. Yeah, and if we had the headwaters of Adam bringing pollution, now in Jesus there's a new headwaters, a new creation, and that headwaters, nothing but righteousness and goodness flows from him. Yeah, it's glorious when the New Testament opens up and you hear the words of Jesus uh, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah, here's the new creation. I'm Here bringing the new creation. Yep. And, and and then look at what uh, he begins in his ministry on this earth. He is reversing death itself. He is healing the sick. He is forgiving sins. He's bringing life. And the beauty is, as the story of the scriptures continue, he will do that perfectly when he returns. The, the curse will be completely reversed, death will die. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, just in addition onto that, not only is Jesus flowing from him, the new headwaters of the new creation, the new kingdom of God is coming, righteousness and goodness and grace. He also actually stands downstream from the the headwaters of Adam, and he actually bears all the poison, the pollution, Mm. the curse, the wrath, the judgment that we deserve. So he swallows up all of those things, and instead, flowing out to us is all the spiritual blessings, no longer any spiritual curses. And uh, since you guys started with Jesus, I'm going to end with Jesus, but this time, Revelation 21, 1 through 4, because this gives the image of where this new creation, this new kingdom is heading. Now, because we have Jesus, the better Adam, when John sees the new heavens and the new earth, the kingdom of God coming full, he says, quote, Then I saw the new heavens and the new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, that's the creation of Adam, and the sea was no more, no more chaos, right? No more chaos. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, the throne where Jesus sits, saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, crying, pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So Jesus really is the solution. What's wrong with the world? We are. But there is a solution. The better Adam, the better representative of us, his name is Jesus. Thanks, Deer Creek. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for joining us on Simply Disciples. Be sure to join us next week as we ask the question, are we born good or bad? Until then, for Chad Donahoe and Tim Ringquist, my name's Daniel. God bless. God bless.